Welcome uh, to episode 140 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It is uh, it's Saturday, people. Uh, Saturday, the 5th of September, uh, 2000, 2020. And um, I hope, uh, hope you uh, had a good week out there, working hard, uh, fighting the virus as we all are in our, in our own ways, people, in our own ways, aren't we? Um, for me this week, I've had a bit of a surprise um, this week um, on uh, on Thursday. I'm back in the game, baby. Uh, I had a bit of a surprise gig on um, Thursday night, a local gig as well, um, which was uh, the first gig back after six months. And I ain't going to lie to you, people. I felt it. <laughs> I felt that six-month break overthinking material, trying a load of new stuff because I just thought, fuck it, I'm not going to do any of my old stuff. And um, uh, I, it was like a self-imposed ban on what material I was going to do. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, it, was, uh, it went all right. I think the term is I got away with it. That's, the, uh, that's, uh, that's what we say. Um, I didn't smash the shit out of it. I didn't fucking um, uh, raise the roof or blow the roof off or anything. But uh, yeah, so um, let's have a little bit of tea before I get into this one. Yeah, so I was sitting. That was Thursday night uh, for me. I was sitting. I just sat down um, to eat my fucking dinner. And um, there was a local gig going on. Apparently, the first act either was running late or um, or hadn't uh, turned up. Well, I think it was meant to be opening and closing because he does like a char- two characters or whatever. Um, uh, way to double up. I ought to do that. I ought to do like a family-friendly set and then a fucking cunty set and then you can fucking double up. Um but yeah, so um, yeah, I was just sitting down on the old sofa opposite here, right over there. Uh, just cooked me dinner, a little bit of salad, just about to put my feet up, watch a bit of fucking TV, you know, kill those brain cells, lose all of those qualifications that I had at one point in the past where I was diligently working hard at school. And, um, yeah, uh, I was just about to sit down and eat, and I got a phone call um, to see if I could get down uh, Dane Tain in my brain traces, uh, Dane Tain in Northampton, um, to uh, um, to do the fucking gig. Uh, I obviously wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> I had a fucking six months off, an hour's notice, to be on stage, and I fucking pulled it out the bag somehow. But it was, I ain't gonna lie to you, it's touch and go. So I fucking had a quick, uh, ate my dinner fucking quick, had a quick fucking bath, got ready, and then it's not it's not the preferential way to do a gig after six months fucking off, getting an hour's notice for it, and you just, on the way to the gig, just decided, well, I'm not going to do any of my old material. I'll do this new stuff that uh, is untested completely. And we'll see if we can get away with it. 
20 minutes of fucking new stuff. Uh, I knew I was reaching uh, at one point in the gig. Uh, I knew I was w reaching uh, a little bit when I said, any questions at this stage? <laughs> Just to try and fucking think of the next bit. Ah, um, But it was quite nice, actually. I parked up uh, in town. Parking was good in town. Um, and... Um, uh, ran down to the gig, which was at a place called the Black Prince, which is like a, it's like a fucking rock sort of like. But years ago, it used to be called the Racehorse uh, in Northampton. If any Northamptonians uh, are aware of that place, um, yeah, uh, and it was in the garden of the Black Prince at the back uh, for the comedy crate guys, Mike and KJ. And um, uh, when I got there, they'd switched. The, the the opener obviously hadn't turned up because he thought he was just headlining it. Or I don't know. I don't know what had gone on anyway. Anyway, it wasn't there at that stage. Um, Lindsay Santoro opened uh, and did a really great job, uh, although I um, only caught the end of her set because I got there so fucking late. I think I was meant to be on stage at 8.30 and got there at 8.15. But they've got a massive garden like out the back, and it was all... Uh, under marquee and then everybody sat in their little bubbles on their tables their little bubbles of six looking all gleeful and happy and a little bit scared of like anybody who like approached that bubble um but it was quite nice it had the feel of a, a fucking sort of proper gig even though uh everybody was that spaced out it must have took me fucking uh, i don't know a minute and a half something like that to walk to the stage <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the stage and the applause has died out, uh, is bad enough. But when you, the applause dies out halfway towards you getting to the stage and you've got that slow, quiet walk where everybody's... I've done my applauding that I have allocated for your walk up to the stage. And uh, if you can't do it in that time, I'm not going to applaud for longer. Um so yeah, I just walked up to people fucking staring at me because I don't like um I don't fucking run to the stage with music playing, you know, uh jazz hands and all that sort of shit. I just sort of like, I don't know, casually saunter on, I think, as if <laughs> to give the feel of somebody who's just like walking by the venue and probably trying their luck. I think that's it. Start off with low expectations and then uh anything above that. Uh, is uh, uh, is a fucking bonus, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was kind of uh, it was really busy to be honest. I think there was about 120 people there out in this garden, which uh, for present day times is pretty good going. Uh, oh, let's have a little bit more tea. Come on, yeah, for the uh, for the virus infected world in which we live, um. The pus ball of uh, Earth that we're living on at the moment, uh, that's not too bad. Um, there was no mask or anything like that. Um, you had to wear a mask in the pub. The, the garden's like right out the back, obviously. It's not going to be out the front because it's on a main road. Uh, but you sort of like walk into the front of the pub and then go to the right. There's a performance area out the back that years ago, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, I did an hour show in as part of, uh, the Northampton Comedy Festival. And um, uh, it was really lovely. Uh, it, you get that alternative sort of like crowd there, you know, 
like the bikers, the fucking rockers, a few fucking punks, you know, a few emos. There's there's a lot of scarring on our arms, I think. <laughs> In that pub. Ugh, fucking daddy hates me. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Um in that pub, a lot of black eye makeup, you know, ruby or uh, fucking black lips, you know, that sort of the emo type, you know, those those sort of people. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool crowd. They're usually quite a cool crowd, those sort of people. So um, it was nice. Uh, I did. I, did um, I started boldly, um, I think, by. I think I said good evening fellow survivors I think uh, and then went into <laughs> went into slagging off the weak people who had died um which oddly enough with that audience went down quite well um and then um it was just nice to be back on stage although I wasn't bang on it you know what I mean I wasn't you know usually You've got, you know, you've written your material rather than just a few notes of, oh, I'll talk about Black Lives Matter. What are you going to talk about that, Ben? Oh, I'll just make it up on stage. What could go wrong with a white guy talking about the Black Lives Matter movement uh, if they haven't thought it out? <laughs> so I kind of, even though I was getting paid for it, uh, I kind of treated it like a new material night. Um, but fuck it. I've got an hour's notice. What are you going to do, eh? What are you going to do? Fill 20 minutes. Um, so, um, very much treated it like a podcast, actually, as if... <laughs> really, Ben? Do you just wing it on your podcast? Well, fucking yeah. Um, yeah, so I treated it a bit like that. Uh, it was just nice. It fe- I'll tell you what it felt like. A lot of people have been saying, um, that, um... Uh, the the first yeah, it felt like starting again, man. It just felt like starting again. Um, after not having gig for six months, it doesn't. It didn't for me anyway. It didn't um feel like starting again because you've got all those skills in the background. Um, what it felt like to me was a very very slapdash from my own performance. Uh, a very, very sort of slapdash new material night where you've had a new material night booked in for a time, you've been doing other shit, and then you're like, oh, fucking hell, I've got that new material night tomorrow night. I better fucking hash something together to get it out and uh, make something of the evening. That's it. Get something out of this, guys. Uh yeah, it felt a little bit like that. I had notes on the back of my hand. Um, I don't know why I do that because I never look at them. Um, I never really. Maybe it's something about that fucking, you know, almost like a Dolores Umbridge sort of thing of like uh, writing it on the back of your hand. Do you think it would uh, uh, somehow penetrate your mind that you're going to be remembering like the writing on the back of your hand just through sense alone, man. I imagine uh, I imagine it's sort of thing Stevie Wonder does with his set list. <laughs> uh, let's have a little bit more tea. So, to be fair, the audience were really lovely. It was a bit... It was a big old... Uh, big old... Uh, big old area to cover from the stage. Um, 
because like you had loads of people down the left hand side, loads of people down the middle and loads of people down the right hand side. And on the stage, there was almost people sort of like almost behind you um, to the sides of you. Maybe I was just standing too far forward. I don't know. <laughs> it's all a bit of a I was like, it was kind of like the best way to come back to a gig because you had no time to think about it. You know, uh, obviously, I'd like like to, I'd have preferred a little bit more prep, preparation with what I was doing. But there's there was very little time to think about it. And it was just right. OK, we're in at the deep end. We can do this, do this, do this. We'll talk about this for a minute. We'll keep it loose. Talk to the crowd a little bit. Keep it loose, he says. And um, abuse a few people in the crowd and see if we can slap out 20 minutes. And before long, I think. I'd run out of stuff around about 15 minutes because I burned through the first five minutes in about three because I was like, hey, uh, uh, I'm back, I'm back on stage. Got all excited and then fucking settled down into it a little bit and um, took my time a little bit more. But it's so, it was so, it was nice to be back on stage. It would have been nicer if I, I'd had a bit, a little bit more leeway and a little bit more time to fuck, uh, uh, to, uh, fucking prepare for it. But, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like the first gig. I remember my first gig and it was fucking horrendous. Um, just the nerves and that feeling in your stomach and that, and it didn't feel like that at all. It just felt like something I hadn't done for a while. And although I got away with it and people were like, oh, it was really good, really enjoyed it or whatever. Uh, to me, it didn't feel good. It just didn't feel like a good gig, you know what I mean? It might have seemed like it was all right and I was in control, but I was totally aware, like hyper aware more of people, you know, the the, the silences and um, uh, lines not getting a better response than I thought. Or like a line getting a better response than I thought. And then you're thinking, well, that's really just like, that's just a setup for the main line that's coming. Or um, or this next bit. That's just sharing an idea that sets up this next bit. And you'd get, and it was kind of like, I don't know. It was kind of like a, a little bit of a sensory overload. That's what... <laughs> No, not that it fucking triggered me, man. I was on stage just shaking with a mic going, it's going to be fine, Ben. It's all going to be fine. We can get back into this. We can get back into this. Um, but, um, yeah, it was kind yeah, it's a, I would describe it as a sensory overload completely. And, um, and when I got back after the gig, it was difficult to sleep. Um, because six, because I've done fucking 12 years of gigging, either three or four times a week, something like that. And you learn to live with that um, uh, that adrenaline rush, like that constant adrenaline rush, and your body begins to feed off it. You can see why these people do, hey, man, I'm going to jump off this cliff that's not, you know, in a fucking wingsuit, and then they... They don't just jump off a cliff in a wingsuit. Then they're trying to fly between two fucking rocks, like vertically, like with their arms up and shit like that. And then that doesn't become enough of a, you know, enough of a thrill for them. So they have to go further and further and further until they go through a fucking wind turbine or something like that. 
<laughs> Get sliced in half. Nobody ever thinks that, do they? That is the, those people who die in those wingsuits and shit. The second before they're sliced in half by a wing turbine, they're thinking, this is the fucking greatest rush ever. Um, or going up in a rocket that fucking explodes. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, your body seems to to crave that, and then you had that like adrenaline rush, and afterwards you had that crash. Uh, <laughs> that wind turbine fucking chopping my legs off. Uh, let's have a little bit more tea. And um, yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, so it was nice. It was just it was just being hyper aware of everything, and it was it was kind of a shock to the system uh, a little bit um, after six months off. That was the only thing, the thing that you're um, so relaxed with before all of this shit happened. So relaxed with so um, so much uh, in control of. You're aware of where you're going with your material. Um, you're aware of what that certain people aren't going to like it, you know, and how to deal with that. Certain people are going to like it too much and deal with that. And, and then you've got all these things on and it felt a little bit like you were spinning plates, but, um, the plates were already, you know, you're not spinning them where they're like going around quickly. They, they're coming to the end. So you, you, it just felt like like that a little bit. You know, the plates are wobbling and shit, and then you've got one wobbling over here, and you're trying to keep a handle on everything um, that before the break of six months just became so natural. Um, just was so natural and second nature. And your um, your muscle memory is starting to forget a little bit. Um that that's all it felt like, um, yeah, like, totally like totally like your muscle memory was beginning for, to forget your mental, you know, connections or synapses in your brain or whatever were just you know starting to reignite halfway through the twenty minutes, and you're like, oh yeah, I can like this is how it's it is, you know, because I was so. I think it started off, the set started off quick because I was just so excited to be on stage. And it was all of that energy coming out, all of that pent-up six-month fucking aggression towards the material that you want to do um, just coming out. And it was a little bit of a... Like that. Um, whereas you're like, oh, shit, yeah, I've got to get back into my rhythm, not just like an excited... <laughs> <laughs> an excited child who comes home from school. And then uh, I went to the playground and we played conkers and I played conkers and it was really good. And Timmy, like, uh, Timmy told me a story about his mum and, uh, and your mu the parents just standing there going, Jesus, I was a little bit like that uh, when I, uh, when I started. Um, and then it calmed down a little bit and I was like, okay, I'm relaxed, uh, now. And, uh, that's that 20 minutes over <laughs> just when I was starting to relax and you're like, can I go off, come back on now and just start again? Because like, I'm fucking relaxed now. You know, that weird bit of the start where I seemed a bit bombastic and that, 
but you can't say that to an audience, can you? You know, you know that weird bit at the start when I was just gabbling and shit. That was just me feeling very, very vulnerable. <laughs> That's not going to inspire confidence in an audience, is it? Oh fuck me. Hi guys, I'm just feeling a bit vulnerable right now, and I hope everybody laughs, because if you don't laugh, it's going to trigger me. Uh, holy fucking shit, Ben Briggs's material's changed a little bit there. <laughs> the set 20 minutes just, like, just ends with me hugging an audience member. Just, just tell me it's going to be okay, audience member. Just tell me. So, um, it was nice. And it's got me wanting to do it um, uh, more and more, obviously. Now you have that because you sort of like blanket from your mind, don't you? Like, um, you know, well, uh, we're in fucking lockdown or uh, the places, are, you know, there's not many spots going at the minute. A lot of comedy clubs are closed down and you're like, OK, let's focus on getting a bit of writing done so we're all up up and ready for when it comes. And when you get that one hour's notice, you're like, oh, fuck, I ain't ready, man. I ain't ready for this. I should have fucking, you know, at least done a couple of new material spots that don't exist or at least, like, structured it, you know. That's what most comedians would have done. <laughs> but, yeah, most, most comedians didn't get an hour. So an hour's notice. So I think I pulled it off. You know, it's not, it ain't going to make headlines, that set. Um, you know, people aren't going to say, hey, man, I saw Ben Briggs six months after he, uh, six months after he uh, did his last gig. And fuck me, he was, uh, he was uh, entertainingly mediocre. He <laughs> was, I mean... I mean, before COVID, I mean, for COVID, he was, uh, he was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not going to set the world on fire. But, I, hey, you know, I've ripped the seal off now, and I? We've ripped that Band-Aid off. We've exposed the wound that we need to, <laughs> that we need to heal. We need to heal this comedy wound. And, uh, and we can treat that now rather than just glazing over everything, saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Why would it be any different? Sick after six months gigging. I'm fucking Ben Briggs. I can do this. Ah, shit. Okay. Uh, okay. Do you, do you need me to put, uh, uh, point out the punchlines for you? <laughs> I should have held up a fucking card. That bit. Laugh now. That's what we need at the minute, I think, at gigs. That's what we fucking need because everybody's nervous. Everybody's weirded out by everything that's going on in the world. We need that applause thing that just lights up. Like that. That was a joke right there. You know, saying about losing all the weak people due to COVID-19 and we can go on stronger as a species. <laughs> that was a fucking joke. I don't mean it. Uh dear. I don't know. Um, <coughs> he says coughing his lungs out. Um, let's have a look, look uh, at what, what's been going on this week, shall we? Uh, we've had World Beard Day, uh, this fucking, I don't know, there's a day for everything these days, isn't there? World Beard Day, I don't think, um, World Beard Day is celebrated annually. The only thing I'm a little bit annoyed about, World Beard Day, and I, hey, I feel left out of this, being a non-beardy, 
because I am that fucking, believe it or not, when I, my hair is uh, drastically going back. But um, when I had hair, um, and uh, it was, it was uh, when hair was a popular choice uh, for retaining in my skin of my scalp, uh, rather than my scalp and hair having had some sort of argument and never never talking again. <laughs> that seems to be the case at the minute. Um, when I had it, I was quite blonde, right? I've got quite blonde fucking, you know, blonde jeans, fucking blonde fucking fine hairs on my arms. I ain't got those, you know, fucking monkey arms that some people have. I know somebody who's, who's incredibly, incredibly hairy and... Uh, when he sweats, his arms, the, the hair on his arms actually match together. <laughs> if you've got fucking dreadlocks on your fucking arms, you know, maybe think about waxing. I don't know. Maybe that's, I, I, I imagine swimming, he just looks like fucking one of them fucking old 1940s sea monsters. Just with the trails of fucking hair coming out, laying on top of the water as he fucking dives in. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. So it was World Beard Day, um, which, to be honest, you know, I know people who got beards. They're perfectly reasonable people and have personalities, he says, covering his back for all the comedians he knows with beards. But most people, <laughs> most people... Beards just fuck me off. Maybe it's because I can't grow one. I'm 43 years of age. I can grow the bit across the top of my lip, a little bit down the sides of my mouth, and a little... I could possibly grow a very alopecitetic... Is that a word? Is alopecitetic? Is that it? I don't know. Is that a new word we've come up with? Alopecitetic. Uh, um, goatee, uh, a goatee that looks like it's got alopecia. That would have been easier, Ben, wouldn't it? Um, hey man, love that on your face. It's looking very alopecetic, <laughs> alopecetic. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's great. Hey, hey, I see you shave your balls today. Looking very alopecetic. Uh. Hello. Holy. Holy shit, that isn't a word. Uh, Alopecic is a word, it looks like. I don't know. Also known as spot baldness. Oh, nice. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I tell you what it is. It's not just the normal beards. I don't mind a normal beard. You know, like the old man, crusty old man beard. You don't know, you know, living in the local area. Is he a paedophile? Isn't he a paedophile? I don't know. It's the ones that look like smartened up paedophiles. Like pedo- like they've got money. You know, they've got enough for wax. I don't, I just, you know, they look like a fucking Victorian gentleman and something like that. There's too much... Too much time goes into beards and it unnerves me. <laughs> I don't trust anyone who has one of those sort of like moustaches, 
you know, like the uh, the wax moustache and the beard. I don't, I can't take anyone like that serious at all. I couldn't imagine that person in a fight. Uh, <laughs> ah, let me just wax my beard before we juke off there. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't really trust anyone with those sort of beards. I can't take them seriously. Uh, or anyone with a wax, just a wax moustache. Anyone who looks like, not not that they're, I can, you know, old style, normal sort of like beard, no fucking wax in it and sh- stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that, you know. Like you want to be quirky, you're a bit hipstery, you know, that's all right. But when, it, when, when hipstery goes too far and you start looking like, a Victorian gentleman. Um, I think, you know, that's when I stop taking you seriously and just think, ah, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Show your fucking grandkids that? Here was me when I was a fucking prick. Have a look. Great. When was this taken? 1850. It's when I was going through my 1850 stage. Uh, that's... <laughs> Hey, grandkids, that's when I was going from my 1850 stage. We even managed to, uh, we were that hipstery. We uh, even managed to get hold of some polio to give to your mum. That's why she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> I don't know. This is the point. I contracted syphilis just to be on point with my hipster hipster buddies. Uh, I don't know, man. But, yeah, it was World Beard Day anyway. Is there a world clean-shaven day? For assholes like me who can't grow beards, who get triggered by beards. Hey, nobody thinks of the people who can't grow beards, can they? Who are 43. And because they're fucking... Because of their fucking genes, they can't... Um, I blame my parents, man. Because <laughs> of their fucking genes, their blondie fucking light-coloured hair... Fucking reflecting the sun burn and fucking freckly shoulder fucking shit. Can't grow a beard. Um, World Clean Shaven Day. Let's Google that. Clean Shaven Day. This could bring up some uh, dodgy images, couldn't it? World Clean Shave Day. Holy fucking National No Beard Day. Holy shit. It's fucking coming up, people. Annually, National No Beard Day on October the 18th celebrates the clean-shaven among us. Hey, we got a day. We've got a day. Um, anyone out there without a beard? This is this is the only day. Is this the only day I can celebrate being a straight, white, cisgendered male? This is it. I've got this day. October the 18th. Celebrates a clean shaven among us. The smoother the face, the bigger the celebration. Holy fucking shit. Do we get our balls in on that as well? I don't know. Whether you have had your beard for years or it is relatively new for you, this is the day to show... Ah, ah, fucking... I even get fucked on that one. You need a beard to shave it off. What about... Hey, man, this, (laughs) this doesn't apply to me. You need to grow the beard first and then shave the fucker off. I can't grow it in the first place. Is there nothing for me? No, not even that. Maybe I could get a bit of stubble. Maybe I could get a bit of wispy hair, like, for October the 18th. How long have I got? About a month. 
month and two weeks, something like that. Six weeks. Ah, oh, six weeks to grow a bit of bum fluff. So I can join in with my new group of no beardies. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what are we on? Ah, 32 minutes, people. 32 minutes. I have rambled on. Uh, I got overexcited then. October the 18th. Finally, there's a fucking day for me. And it's snatched away from me at the end. Shaved off, if you will. Um, that was uh, episode 140 of uh, the Ben Briggs podcast. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday, uh, motherfuckers, with the next episode. Um, if you want to contact me at all, it is just uh, podcast at benbriggs.co.uk. Uh, I uh, have a good week. Uh, rest of your weekend, uh, motherfuckers, and I will speak to you on Tuesday. Take care.